This is No Starving Artist Podcast. You deserve a successful creative life. I'm Anissa Benitez, a marketing expert at top companies and creative journeyer. I'm here to support your creative wellness, financially, mentally, and spiritually. Share with me your questions and I'll share perspective. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is about money. We'll be examining early influences in our relationships with money, what was inherited from those exposures, what we believe now about money, what is actually true. What does financial freedom mean to you? And are you moving towards that? Are you committed to moving towards that? Have you already reached that? Managing money can be complex, but not as complex as if you have an understanding of your emotional relationship with money. In past few episodes, we've been talking a lot about fulfillment and going along our spiritual journey. And now I want to get our feet back on the ground because money is a form of security. And if we want to be beautiful, enlightened people living on pastures free of other humans and societal expectations, that is great. But I personally choose to live in the world where I am constantly confronted with the challenges of money and government and law and all these other things. And so in this human world, um, I think it's really valuable to have an understanding around certain societal barriers examining if they're real, examining what about them is true, what's not true, etc. And our segments for today are first a question from a friend that I received now and I think it's a good kind of story to kick us off and then our second segment will be a past, present and future examination of our relationship emotionally with money. Third and last but not least will be our culture rec. As always, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you've been enjoying it, please share it with a friend. Please rate and review it wherever you're listening. Yeah, you can email me your stories, challenges that you've been facing in your creative journey, anything that you are willing to share with our community, always you as anonymous. Email me at hello at morebyher.com. So one of my most beautiful friends is this radiant Colombian woman who is just living a beautiful nomadic life, it seems, especially on Instagram, and is always traveling and living here and there. And catching up with a friend the other day, we were talking about how we just like couldn't relate to her experience. And it had to do hugely with feeling distanced from not being a person who could always think about money um it it just felt hard for us because this friend of ours has generational wealth and is able to live in this kind of like carefree way that we think is really beautiful but just can't are very fixated around like how how can you you know I mean and we always come back to oh right money when you feel that sense of security to some extent, or you were raised with exposure to that. And we are both people who honestly formed a strong bond in feeling um, emotional trauma around our relationship with money. And so in connecting with her, it was interesting because her background is having experience growing up with food stamps and also having extreme exposure to wealth and different socioeconomic 
experiences, backgrounds, and I similarly have had that. I was featured in um, today's show's new health brand tomorrow for my story on my first therapy session, which was in college, my first semester. And I shared the piece really because I care so much about normalizing mental health support. It's not something that is that has what obviously huge stigmas around it, but it's not accessible either. There's a lot of financial stress in the world already, and the additional financial investment in something like therapy is often pushed away. But it's been one of the best investments in my life to invest in my mental health, to invest in my well-being in general. And it's helped me be more comfortable speaking around so many things. Money is something that I love to talk about, and me and this friend always had this common bond around well we've experienced hardship financially we grew up with hardship financially we know what it's like to be at the bottom to some extent you know and um it's kind of hard to like fully remove yourself from that story even once you've made it that's why a lot of people who you know are first generation in the U.S. immigrants to a country also have that same level of like you never know what the security is because the security can always leave and um I think it's definitely a beautiful thing. I was watching Hamilton, the musical, the other day and was so able to relate to Hamilton's character who is just obsessed with, like, I gotta shoot my shot. Like, this is one life. And I have this sense of urgency because I've been the one to survive and I'm the one who's living now. And I don't know how much I'm much time I have. And um, I think... That it's like a beauty, it creates a beautiful work ethic, obviously, but it also isn't sustainable and can need, lead to neglect of many other things. And you also are operating out of a place of fear and not necessarily out of a place of love. But, anyways, when I was really little, I loved the idea of being rich. I was obsessed with it, honestly. I th- attributed being rich with having things like a mansion and a really nice car and blah, blah, blah. And it's just changed significantly in adulthood. Adulthood for me, being rich in adulthood for me means being able to choose, actually being able to choose in line with my values, being able to decline things that I think are harmful to the world, being able to pursue things that I think I would love, but don't necessarily make a lot of money. And so this shift has definitely been pretty obvious when I was a kid. I thought about money and I thought about happiness and freedom and power. Now as an adult, I think of money and I think about freedom and power and guilt. Guilt is a new one that's arisen for me now that I've had, I have wealth. It's this guilty feeling that I never expected to feel. And I'm not a millionaire, but I'm still having to now work through this because my identity is being somebody who has to hustle still. Um, And now I could coast and I could purge or I could purge of everything that I have and start anew and have to hustle to struggle. And I think a lot of artists actually do that. Um, They don't feel, they feel possessed by the possessions. And I think it's very natural to feel some sense of that. But I need to go back to the drawing board for myself personally and understand what impacts I want to make on the world so that I can invest more money into those, right? I think a lot of the guilt arises from not putting our money to use or having a, an ex, a extreme surplus, et cetera. Um, 
And before I was just in this mentality of surviving. And then I got to this mentality of, oh, I'm living financially. And now I'm actually at a place where I'm thriving and I'm nourishing myself. I'm nourishing people in my life. I'm nourishing places. And I want to nourish creative projects and ideas and things that I want to thrive as well. In a last meta way, I, I literally realized in this last week, it's like, I really need to take classes on things that I care about investing in. I need to get equipment. I proved to myself that I care about video stuff. So I need to figure out what equipment I need to do some solid video editing and solid um, producing of quality content, quality content that I think represents me better. I need to be okay with upgrading towards that. And so with hidden money, and it's something I never experienced before, but I realized so many people don't talk about their hidden money. My friend who is beautiful and free traveler, she didn't like to talk about her hidden money, but it's a huge thing that allows her to exist in the way that she does. And with my friend that we were talking about her with, I realized that I was feeling guilt because I could never, I couldn't, I didn't feel as comfortable sharing with my friend now my financial situation because I now have some hidden money. Um, And I think that, sure, it's really valuable to have a nest egg. But if you feel the need to hide all of your money or a, a lot of your wealth, maybe you don't feel trusting. Maybe you don't actually feel very secure. Maybe you do feel a lot of that guilt. Maybe if you see money as a void in your life, then maybe you resent people who are rich. Maybe you see money as a golden ticket to happiness. There's a lot packed into our relationships with money and it continues to change and evolve, but some of it is inherited and some of it is not. So in this episode, I want to talk about hone into the re-examination of our relationship to money, looking at the past, looking at our present and looking at our future so that we can be more in the mindset of better managing our relationship in the present to reach our actual objectives in life. So let's get into it. So for this examination, we'll start in the past, then move to the present, then move to the future. And it's deeply aided this section with reflection questions because I don't have full context into your childhood and it's time for you to, you know, think back to what it was. So starting with the past, let's do an analysis of what we were exposed to maybe in childhood, especially during those fundamental years, uh, let's say up until the age of seven and then up until the age of 12. What did your financial situation or circumstances look like? What was your financial situation if you grew up with two parents taking care of you or if you grew up with no parents taking care of you or one parent taking care of you? And what was the difference in their relationship with money? Was there any? Where was money being spent when you were little? Do you remember any emotional traumas with money or around money? Do you remember any points of stress around money in your household? Do you remember a time where money provided you something that you're really excited about when you were little? Do you feel like you were able to ask and receive money when needed 
when you were little, let's say be below the age of 12 for this, were you conscious of your parents' financial management? Did your parents invite you into financial conversations? What did you think of money back then? What emotions did you have towards money back then? What lessons did you learn about money growing up? Did you learn any lessons that were handed down to you? From maybe not your parents, but grandparents, aunts, uncles, family, friends, people in the neighborhood. Did money play a big factor in you deciding your dreams, even at a young age? Did you have an idea of what kind of future you were allowed to have based on money? Was money any bit of a barrier for you to envision what you could be? Did you have any financial fears as a kid? It's really common that we internalize a lot of the experiences of our parents as kids, that we inherit a lot of those things. It's very natural, and we can play the blame game of I got this from you, I got this from you, of all those early influence things that have influenced us to, you know, absorb that. But we are conscious people. We have the ability to take pause and recognize what's true and what's not true. It's very common. People got to a point they noticed internalized and inherited frugality or they noticed internalized inherited overspending or um, a lot of things. And just having an understanding that it exists at all is usually one of the first steps because we have the ability to acknowledge and then reframe our perspectives on those things. But the first step is to acknowledge them. So there is an, a few articles that I've been looking into to support our relationships with money and a lot of it truly online there'll be a lot of stories around inheriting your money dna directly from your parents um there's a lot of modeling of things that we see um as far as wealth and what that looks like as far as what it looks like to be middle class we see it very visually but we don't actually have transparency fully into people's situations or the majority of people's situations what's interesting in the united states is that a middle class is very highlighted on in media as existing when um, the middle class is actually pretty much eroded in the u.s because there is such a huge disparity between wealth and people who are in debt there's very few people who are in a middle class position and so know that so much of our understanding of money are also rooted in illusion illusions around what it looks to like to have money but when we look back at the past it's just helpful to look at it to understand that we need to be okay with leaving some of that family legacy behind and making sure that we're not repeating harmful money habits that have been passed down to us or have been marketed to us and actually do things that make sense are aligned with our values and are sustainable that move us closer to actually approaching building helpful financial habits 
So actually making those connections is incredibly powerful. A lot of questions can arise from those first questions that you ask. Maybe it takes talking to somebody who was in your life during childhood to get a clear sense of if this is true, if this is not as true as it relates to our earliest memories in regards to money or painful memories in regards to money or fear in regards to money. But the conversation around money in so many families is not had at such a young age. And so let's go back in time and revisit that. Recognize that your habits also, because they, you know, hugely might stem from upbringing, give yourself permission to forgive yourself and to be in the mindset to forge better habits. As some of you know, I founded More By Her, a platform to dismantle the starving artist stigma. Each week, we share a new story of creative women shaping culture on Wednesdays, Wisdom Drop Wednesdays, for those who identify as women, non-binary, she, her, they, them, thriving artists who are willing to give transparency on their creative journey and how they do it. Follow us at morebyher.com or on Instagram at more underscore by underscore her. Now entering our present, actually acknowledging what we want to keep of those stories or those things that are inherited and what we want to discard is helpful. How do we build an emotional relationship with money now? So when we think about money, how do we presently feel? Fill in the blank. When I think about money, I feel blank. Why do you feel that way? Have you talked to your family or childhood caretakers about what their relationship with money is? This is probably a great time to do some examination, really talk to those people, understand their perspective with money. Maybe worth understanding larger circumstances and societal impacts on people's relationship with their money. This is huge. Um, Going back to the child of an immigrant or somebody who is immigrated, like as a person with a father who immigrated and first generation in the U.S., I do feel this huge sense of awareness around his circumstances, having had to give up everything in his life to leave his country Um, And the trauma that comes with that sense of having nothing to return to and no bottom, no home. And so with my understanding and empathy towards that, I understand his extreme need for um, and desire for security and comfort. And so I think it's really helpful to put ourselves into a space of awareness around eras even, you know, during certain eras there are societal shifts in consciousness um i think up until let's say a year ago and we've been just progressively moving towards this but there's so much materialism in the u.s it's very visible but globally it's hugely visible um as far as obsession with luxury and instagram and perfection and shininess and the riches that look um really exaggerated right and it, 
the idea of middle class was looking way more like 1% than middle class, right? Um, the Kardashians are supposed to be this representation almost of what a normal American family is, and that's um, completely unattainable for so many people for obvious reasons. And, um, yeah, and the promotion, a lot of the stuff that's behind it is deeply rooted in materialism. And that's just kind of reflective of what our society has an appetite for right now. There was an obsession with materialism, et cetera, and um, to have a certain lifestyle and to be married to a celebrity and have nice cars and nice clothes and be a model and all of these things. And that's just what it is. And so I think the more that we can kind of put ourselves in the mindset of of taking a macro view of the circumstances of the societal consciousness that's also impacting people's relationship with money, then that is incredibly helpful. Sometimes it's also really aided by financial services. Uh, There were definitely a number of crises and they were directly linked to banks' willingness to loan money to people when they shouldn't be. And so when government isn't intervening and a lot of shadiness is happening, then it can really kind of take off on its own. And so the more that we can empathize with our past and with the people who've influenced us, the more that we can better come to terms with it and acknowledge it for what it is. So if you had a financial situation that was difficult to you, know that you're not alone. Northwestern Mutual's 2018 planning and progress study found that 68% of Americans felt good about their financial situation and still felt a substantial amount of negative emotions regularly. So you can only imagine the other 42%. So regularly... 54% felt anxiety, 52% felt insecurity, and 48% felt fear. And that's just a few emotions that they surveyed for. Think about jealousy, greed, embarrassment, regret. There's a whole host of unsavory emotions that you can feel towards money. A whole host. And I see this hugely in people in my life when they think about richness they might think greed or they might think resentment or selfish people, etc. Um, and what does being rich mean to you? What does being really wealthy mean to you? What does being poor mean to you? What does being middle class mean to you? What does financial freedom, and this is one of the most important, what does financial freedom mean to you now? What are things that you most want to spend money on? If you could buy whatever you wanted without any worries, how would that change your life? If you could spend money on anything you wanted without stress, how would that change your life? By thinking more expansively, it can help us actually tune into what we value What actually brings us joy? What I'd love for you to experience is maybe you are already able to afford the things in life that bring you the most joy. The truth about money in a lot of places that you can feel 
like you have a ton of money and not feel that sense of security, right? And so how can you have the money towards the things that are bringing you the most joy in life? What does money mean to you? Um, and as a reminder of mine, I was transparent around it. I realized that, yeah, money doesn't mean a, a lot of objects or materialism, etc. But it does mean a certain lifestyle of comfort. Um, I do like nice things. But the biggest part of financial freedom, what it means to me, is being able to act and choose in line with my values. That choice means the world to me to be able to decline things when they don't align with my values, etc. That's huge. So next, let's get into the future. So maybe now we understand how we felt about money growing up as children, how and what of that is true, how we feel about money now, what financial freedom would actually mean to us now. And so now that we have an understanding of that emotional relationship and what we want to move towards, how do we actually make that a reality? What emotions are holding you back from acting on a sound, amazing financial advice because there's a whole host of resources. I'll continue to recommend some of my favorites, but I encourage you to proactively figure out what financial resources really resonate with you. There's a lot of great wisdom and all of it is usually dependent on your comfort with taking financial risks, etc. And um, I don't want to be the person to pretend to be a financial advisor for you because it is such a individualized experience. So just focusing now on this reframing process, what emotions come up for us when we think about acting on being proactive around our financial management, on actually moving towards creating more abundance in our life financially or Maybe you you have a surplus and you need to better manage that to be investing the things that bring you the most joy, to be serving people that you want to help out the most, etc. It's so valuable to acknowledge the past, the now, and discard what is not true. What stories you've told yourself about money, rich people, wealth that aren't true, what stories you've told yourself that truly are true, uh, what you want to invest in, what brings you the most joy. What would you be spending money on? If you had that all that abundance, what would you help? Who would you help? Who can you show love with through the use of money? How can you use money to amplify love? Um, do you need more money? Do you need money less? Are you willing to recommit to taking action steps to reaching your financial goals? And are you really willing to open your heart to sound financial advice? Rewiring our money habits is exciting to me. (laughs) It's really exciting to me. I love to do all the time. I've always had a very proactive relationship with money. It's just a personality type thing. I definitely have always been the personality type to lean into things that are uncomfortable. And money was a big source of stress for my family. And so I always leaned into educating myself and always wanting to be ahead of the curve when it came to understanding why it was such a form of stress for my family and understanding all of that has been a huge reason for my success and so yeah just getting back to the building blocks I know the conversation of money is intimidating for so many people but you may be acknowledging your sense of fear around money 
guilt around money, not wanting to see the numbers, not wanting to know, keeps us keeps us in the space of not acknowledging past trauma maybe that we've also adopted, etc. So take a look at it all. It's really worth it. It's also really freeing. Um, and there's so many books to help support our creative journey moving forward. And I want to continue to share some of those recommendations, etc. But I think it's also really just so valuable to put yourself in the mind frame of being receptive first and foremost and understanding why you might not be receptive as you should be money brings up so much for so many people that's why it's probably one of my favorite topics taking the time to do the examination of our emotional relationship with money is like a lifelong thing and I found this article that I really like on consciouslifestylemag.com and the title is called of this article is called From Resentment to Riches, The Key to Transforming Your Relationship with Money. And I can send it to you via Instagram if it's hard to find, but yeah, definitely note it down. From Resentment to Riches, The Key to Transforming Your Relationship with Money. What I like about this article is it's so into the action exercises. I've dated people, this is a side note, I've dated people who have millionaire and billionaire parents, upbringings, I've dated people who are more similar to me with emotional wounds from financial stress, and there's just a lot of stories on both sides. A lot of the rich kids express deep wounds, maybe feeling abandoned because of money, seeing it as an evil, or maybe feeling immense pressure to make a lot of money. We all have a relationship to money, and I just love the exercises that are within this article. I think it's worth taking a month, maybe, and doing some of these exercises, sitting down with it, because transforming our relationship with money is something that takes a little bit more than just a day uh, in most cases. It's so deeply inherited. It's so hard to spend money when you have so much resistance and so much frugality (laughs) that's inherited that is my case and it becomes so powerful to just continue to ask ourselves the questions to expand ourselves to challenge ourselves some of the exercises for instance that are included in this article is the exercise of the meaning of money and there's 12 sentences to complete about money wealth and riches to uncover key elements of your unconscious programming to your relationship with money. So fill in the blank to complete these sentences. One, people with money are dot, dot, dot. Money makes people. I'd have more money if my parents always thought money would. Money causes I'm afraid if I have more money, I would. Money is. In order to have more money, I would need to. I think money, fill in the blank. If I were rich, I would. My biggest fear about money, fill in the blank. And last but not least, money is. So I think it's really worth us having our first reactions to this. Maybe you're having it on this podcast episode, but then doing the examination of our relationship with money and revisiting 
these 12 sentences and filling in the blanks and seeing what our initial gut instincts and reactions are, they might have changed, which is a powerful thing. And that's how we know we progress, right? I think if I had answered some of these questions a decade ago, people with money are, maybe I'd say greedy. Now I say people with money are abundant. So it's just amazing how we continue to shift our perspectives and open ourselves up to re-examining things that have been so deeply embedded within us. Anyways, I hope you've enjoyed that this podcast episode. It's definitely coming slowly down from this very creative, spiritual, soulful journey into a little bit more of a groundedness because I do want to make sure that this podcast is really actionable and helping you move towards practical steps to achieving freedom and wellness. And that does include having financial wealth, abundance in that regard or security in that regard so that you can move towards all of these things that you care about in life so you can be having a holistically well life. So wonderful. I hope that you feel also put in the driver's seat of your life. I think if you don't own the emotional relationship with money, you can feel very pulled by money, right? And then you feel like money is driving you. And it's like, oh, I can't do this because of money. And I can't do this because of money. And it's like really getting down to, is that story true? I want you to feel eager to examine your relationship with money so you can completely move to that place of thriving. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm grateful to be a resource to you during this time and always share your questions with me, uh, your creative journeys with me at hello at morebyher.com. Leave a review, tell a friend, share this podcast on social. We are a growing community, which is super exciting. Growing slowly, but surely. And just so, yeah, I'm just, this podcast is attracting some, some wonderful people. I can tell via Instagram. You can follow me at Anisa Benitez on IG, follow the wisdom of many thriving creative women and non-binary people at morebyher.com. You are no starving artist. You are definitely going to be an artist who is financially literate and leaning into expanding that financial literacy, examining, you know, your debt, your income, your investments, all the things. It'll be really exciting. And yeah, just grateful to be learning and growing with you. Appreciate you.